friends, this is Mike Dawson, and I welcome you to the Silent Pianist Podcast, where I interview curious people that do extraordinary things. Today's guest is Pramvera Haseni. She is the founder and director of the Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo. Many space journalists have called her the next Carl Sagan. I first learned about Pramvera Haseni from my friends in the space exploration and astronomy communities. Ms. Haseni has become well known for enthusiasm for astronomy, space science, and STEM education. Incredibly, she is only 21 years of age and is in her final year of undergraduate studies at the University of Pristina in Kosovo. She recently returned home to Kosovo after a whirlwind trek of the United States where she presented the keynote speech at the 2017 Texas Star Party, the Space Fest 2017 convention, and VIP visits to Kennedy Space Center, Johnson Space Center, and other NASA facilities. She also was able to visit educational institutions such as the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics and the LAD Observatory. I interviewed Pran via Zencaster at her home in Kosovo, November 22, 2017. However, before the interview begins, I want to listen again to the famous Carl Sagan Pale Blue Dot monologue. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager. Every hero and coward. Every creator and destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant. Every young couple in love. Every mother and father. Hopeful child. Inventor and explorer. Every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another how fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, 
the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Rambera Haseni, thank you for joining me on the Silent Pianist podcast. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, it's so much fun to, to finally get to talk to you. Um, I've been following your uh, stellar uh, trek across the United States as you as you came uh, earlier in the year to uh, participate in uh, so many different events. But many people will not know who you are except within the, the space space enthusiast community and the uh, astronomy uh, uh, amateur and professional world. Um, first, tell me, where did you get your love for astronomy? Was it something that happened when you were growing up in Kosovo? Or was it something that happened to you when you were like, maybe had a, a teacher that inspired you? How, how do you think that all kind of started? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting because uh, being a place like Kosovo, where it's like uh, nobody does science and nobody does astronomy in particular, and and I was uh, very young, like three years old or four, when in Kosovo was actually wartime, and people were like all scared and was like a terrible time. But nobody was thinking at all about astronomy. But it was a celestial phenomenon that actually really captured my attention. It was a solar eclipse, a partial solar eclipse, when it occurred. And I remember how my grandfather was trying to tell us not to panic and not to be scared of that because it's something normal happening in the sky. And so together with my family... My grandfather was trying to show us uh, to observe it through some bucket filled with water or through some glass, you know, with fire or something like that. But it was something interesting for me. Like, I never seen something like that happening before. And I saw how people were, like, reacting to that. And so I live in a village. I still live in here since then. And it's a fascinating sky. If you come here during the night skies, it's amazing. No light pollution. You can see the Milky Way, the stars. It's so great. And I think that's also another thing that really made me love the sky. You know, it was like calling me. And, yeah, I was growing up, uh, going to school. And, you know, my interest was always like into planets, into astronauts, things like this. But I couldn't learn much because we didn't have much uh, Albanian literature about these. So this was actually one of the reasons why I started learning English language and getting interested to know it so I could read more books or in internet or wherever to learn more about the science. And so this was actually another good step for me because learning English, I could... Um, communicate and find people through Facebook and uh, collaborate with them, meet astronomers, meet uh, international people who actually gave me the first steps and now I'm here because of this, I think. So, yeah, it was like a long story, but I just love astronomy. <laughs> I guess my question is, when did you realize that you actually had a unique experience living in that part of the world where you could see things so clearly and uh, the, the, the Milky Way was a, a real thing and it wasn't just something that you might have seen in a cartoon or in a, like in a, in a book. 
Yeah, actually, uh, as I was living here, uh, we as kids every time playing out there, even during evening. So we were like playing hide and seek. I remember that so well. And I was like hiding somewhere and I was waiting for the kids to find me. And I was just like looking up at the stars and it was like moonlight. We could see a little bit in the evening. It was something like made me feel so great, something powerful coming from inside of me. And I could see that. I couldn't feel it. So I don't know why. I just like moon is my most favorite thing in the sky, but also like the stars and it feels it makes me feel like we are not alone, like somebody else is out there, you know, in the sky, in the universe. It's such a good feeling, you know, it's really good. It's not easy to uh, explain all that, but it's just something that really makes me attached to the sky. Yes, uh, I think anybody that has uh, a love for astronomy gets that sense of feeling that there must be more uh, in the universe than our just little, uh, as Carl Sagan says, the pale blue dot. You know, there must be many pale blue dots in the universe. And I think maybe what we feel viscerally as humans is that we want to know and discover and it's that curiosity that makes us want to uh, 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 understand uh, what we see in the night sky um, what I was uh, there's so many questions that I want to ask but I, I want to ask a little bit more about uh, your uh, experience going to school uh, before you went to university was there any teachers that um, helped you along the way uh, to become uh, more informed about uh, science in general, maybe not astronomy, but uh, science as, a, uh, as an endeavor that you as a young woman should pursue. Was there any teachers yes, that uh, helped you along the way? Yes, there were actually two teachers, which I will never forget them. When I was in high school, before starting the high school, I wanted to go to the direction which is like for natural sciences. But when I went there to register in the high school, it was the number of students was full and there was like no more space left for me either to go to study like social sciences or go to a vocational school or something else. And I was very sad for that. So I had to go to do social sciences, something like history and, uh, you know, things that I didn't really have an interest in them. And I was doing that for two years in high school. But it was that time when I met an astronomer um, from the neighborhood country here and he gifted me a telescope. And I think it was the most amazing thing that I received in my life. So with that, I started like observing. I started to get to know how to point the telescope, how to find objects. And I was getting so much attached to astronomy and to observations. And uh, I was starting to get my telescope at school. And I was those kind of students the kind of student that is like weird in the class, you know what I mean? Like it's just into science and doesn't really care about anything right, right. else. So uh, then I was participating in some events and then from the other directions, from the natural sciences, there is the teacher who teaches astronomy to the other students and she heard about me. And she was wondering, who's this girl who's doing astronomy? And she's not supposed to, actually. And so she decided to, uh, to pass me uh, to the other direction. So in the last year, I changed the program and I went to natural sciences, even though I was risking the final exam. But I really didn't care about it. I just wanted to to go to that program and to have astronomy every day in school because in gymnasiums, they, they learn astronomy. Now they have it as a subject. And she was very good because she was inspiring me she knew how much i like astronomy and she was making me understand that i should just get on with what i like 
you know she was helping me she was trying to activate me to get me to science fairs to get me to you know get students together to observe and she was really so great her name is Suleme Gugul and she's still a teacher in my high school but uh, and still I you know collaborate with her sometimes I go and visit her and I get my equipments I go to the high school where I was and it's a very good relation I have with her and I really want to thank her because it was um, somebody who just helped me a lot yeah, I, it, it's clearly a huge impact, and I think that uh, we all have uh, uh, mentors that we still communicate as we move into a professional uh, uh, endeavor uh, that might have started as simply a passion. When when you were having uh, this experience or these set of experiences with the uh, your uh, uh, a teacher was it unusual? Was it unusual to have a woman as a teacher at that high school, especially in the sciences? Uh, no, actually, here we have teachers uh, who are females and do science. Of course, she doesn't have an astronomy background. She finished, you know, physics. But in Kosovo, as we know, we don't have any astronomy department. So anybody who uh, goes to study physics, it's able to, uh, you know, to uh, do astronomy in high schools, to be a teacher, in fact. So she did that, I'm sure. And uh, it's not like something unusual. There are schools where we have teachers who uh, teach, you know, biology or physics or other sciences. Uh, it's something good, in fact, because before this wasn't, and now it's happening, it is, so we got to get equal, you know? Do you think that um, the uh, the uh, institutions, uh, you know, those uh, government institutions that uh, are part of the educational uh, programs, do they... Are they coming along and really developing more of the uh, uh, STEM subjects? Uh, it's it's another thing that is really uh, bothering me a lot is astronomy in Kosovo in the schools. Basically, it's being more like a theory subject, something that they just learn in books and they do the exam and it's done. It's over. Uh, I see astronomy as something to do in practice, and schools here doesn't have equipments. Uh, maybe some school has a small telescope, like a three-inch telescope, but they never use it because uh, it's something that you can observe during the night and it, to go to the night, you know, with the students. They maybe don't even know how to use it. It's something really bad. So that's why I'm trying to uh, go as as to many schools as I can. So with those equipments I have, I can actually get to these students and get to know them with the telescopes and how they work and how it is looking through them to the planets or the sun. And it's very good now because schools are... Um, working a lot with us and they like our program a lot so we get a lot of invitations from school and we are trying to get as much practice in astronomy as possible even the ministry of education and now we have a project with them so we go to high schools and we do outreach events with students so uh, ministry uh, is actually supporting this program and it's a very good thing and i hope in the future our schools will get telescopes somehow so they can do like practice hours on astronomy will get astronomy camps or something like this yeah that's very interesting so when you started uh and became director of the astronomy outreach of kosovo that was truly a pilot program um in order to as you say make astronomy a practical subject where there was a lab component to the uh to the lecture it sounds like that you were you were truly uh uh uh, uh trailblazing so to speak in demonstrating to this uh uh, uh educational uh 
uh, uh, institution that it was important to have this practical side of it that will truly inspire people to uh, uh, study astronomy uh, beyond just as a, a passing thing in, in, in a class. It sounds like, you know, when I look at your, uh, uh, your uh, social media uh, feeds, uh, the the uh, pictures and the joy is is fantastic, and it sounds like uh, you're spot on in uh, communicating that astronomy is something you do, and not necessarily something you have to read a lot of lectures. Just get a telescope, figure out how yes, to use it. Yes, I started everything with a three inch reflector telescope, and what was different from now before when I was going to some schools before I had the solar filter, we were just not looking through the telescope, but looking at the telescope. We were just like uh, watching a telescope and seeing all the equipment and how it works and like that. But it was uh, to observe just during the night. And to get all the students during the night, it was something more difficult. But then after I received the solar filters, I was uh, able to observe the sun in white light and sunspots. So I was going also to the other schools. And I could see the impact. I could see how much students liked it because nobody ever does or did that in Kosovo. And astronomy, it's the oldest science probably, but for us, it's something very new. I, I saw this impact and I saw how much good is working. I had this idea of founding a program so I could probably get other people to know so who has the same passion as I, and we can do something great. So it was a very bright idea, I think, to uh, found this program, the Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo, and I received a lot of equipment after then, equipments like telescopes and mounts and books and everything. And we can go to schools. Now we are a lot of students working together in this program and we are making a change. Well, Pran, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, since, since you started the, uh, the outreach program, it sounds like you were getting help from all over the world because you were just telling, a, you were telling people what you were up to. Um, can you talk about some of the people that have helped you uh, 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 with uh, uh, donations of equipment? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And they really deserve it. Starting from the first telescope uh, that I received from Dragan Radmilovic from Croatia, he was the guy who uh, got me into astronomy, definitely. And he passed away, but he was somebody like a legend for me. And now, after that, I met with Stephen Ranston, uh, the director of Carla Bates Solar Astronomy Project. So he donated like a uh, 80% of the equipment I have and a lot of things which are very expensive. He got us uh, solar telescopes of three different wavelengths and then um, go-to mounts. He got us cameras, computers, softwares, which we do imaging and anything, solar glasses like thousands of them which we share for free to the people and he's like He's, he always helps us whenever we run out or something. He just keeps helping us because he has 23 chapters around the world and his aim is to spread science as much as possible. So one of the chapters is AOK, Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo. That's why he helps us a lot and I really want to thank him a lot. Except him, there are other people like from Germany, Stefan Schwimz, and then from Austria and... Uh, from America, a lot and a lot of people that they gave us other things like books with text with which are updated, planispheres, Tara, and um, cameras, a lot of them, and uh, meteorites, which are very cool to see them. And yeah, I can't mention all of them, but I just want to thank all these people, really, because... I am sure if they didn't send us these donations, we wouldn't be able to do anything without them. I'm so sure. So they really deserve a huge thanks from me and our staff here in Kosovo. Well, you know, that's fantastic. And if I understand right, uh, uh, Stephen Ramsden, he actually came to Kosovo. 
Yeah, Stephen came here because we had a problem before and we still keep having it with customs. Like if you ship something to Kosovo, it's not the hundred person that it will make it. And it's very expensive. So Stephen wanted to get us some telescopes and other stuff. And he saw that like shipping them, it was as expensive as coming, you know, flying over here. So what he did was getting all these in the suitcase and he fly to Kosovo and he came here for 10 days. It was amazing because it was the first astronomer to come to visit us and to do events with us, to do outreach and to teach our students to have seminar of astronomy. We really had a blast with him. It was in August last year, and uh, I hope he will come back again here. It was really good. And when I came to America this summer, uh, he was one of the persons also who uh, I visited, and he really showed me a lot of things there in Atlanta, Georgia. So I will be waiting for him to come back again. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I'm so pleased that... Uh, he was able to uh, uh, have such a major impact on uh, your dream to bring astronomy uh, to the to everybody that is uh, uh, in your uh, country and beyond, for sure. Because one of the things that I noticed uh, as I've uh, been a part of the the space enthusiast community is that you've you've really inspired a lot of people to uh, become involved all over the world. It's, it's probably a little overwhelming that you've been inspiring people that don't even live in your, in your part of the world. Um, tell me how that has, maybe it's taken you by surprise that you've uh, become uh, somewhat uh, recognized as an advocate. I've been really overwhelmed, as you mentioned, and I'm very surprised how people react when they hear our story in Kosovo. And I had the opportunity to uh, give a presentation of two of them in America. And while I was telling our story, how we are doing science and how we are being able to develop science in a country that it's like destroyed from the war and we miss most of the things. And I've seen how people were like reacting to that. And I've seen most of them was couldn't hold their tears in the audience. And it made me think like, this is something that can really inspire people to do science and it can prove them that everything is possible. Even if you start from nothing, just like the universe did, everything is possible. You just got to work, you got to keep on and you got to believe in that. Absolutely. Well, truly, uh, the, the way I've uh, witnessed, uh, uh, your impact has been uh, inspiring to me as well. And of course, that's why we're talking today. So when you were uh, uh, out of high school and you decided to uh, study at the college level, you didn't major in astronomy because there was no program. So you studied in geography. Tell me how you think astronomy and geography are related or what you what you think uh, geography has helped to make you a better well unfortunately uh we don't have those astronomy or astrophysics programs here it was time for me to go to college so all i had to choose was something that is like uh, really close to astronomy and i chose geography the reason why I didn't choose physics was because I'm not very, very strong in math. And also, I like to study planetary sciences. Like, I like to do master's or PhD them. So, first of all, I thought, why should I not know my own planet first and then to study other planets? That's why this was one of the reasons I choose to study geography. I am now like uh, very soon I will uh, graduate from this program. It's bachelor 
And I think or I hope to do my master's degree in America somewhere, maybe to the University of Arizona for planetary sciences. Or another thing that I like to study a lot is about asteroids, minor planets. So I hope I can do this, and after that, I could probably return back home and give my contribute and share that knowledge with other people here. And in the future, I hope to get, we will get the department, which will be like for those programs for the students who like to be uh, scientists. So at the University of Pristina, uh, what other uh, science uh, degrees do they offer besides uh, in geography? You said that that there is a physics uh, degree available. What are the other uh, uh, available uh, study pathways? Yeah, uh, it's the Faculty of Natural Sciences, where am I? It's the Department of Geography. It's the physics program. It's biology. It's chemistry and math. Uh, But we also got another faculty like if you want to do engineering or with technology computers and then there are other like faculty for educations and other sciences but this is like uh this is the basic one just for basic science and uh students like who go to physics they uh, learn all about physics but astronomy they have only one semester like they learn about astronomy these things they have in the book which has which are really old books they are not updated and i'm sure if you go to read to these books for example about any planet now it will be like very very old informations and that planet has probably many new things now which are not in that book so that's why uh, it's another thing that i don't like and i hope it will change soon and it's something bad that the university doesn't have equipments like department of physics i am not sure if they have a telescope or not and uh, in geography we also learn it's a subject cosmography which is just for astronomy for solar uh, system and uh, it's not too much it's in one of the semesters but it's like, uh, you know, nothing really much about astronomy, in fact. I see. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, that I'm curious about with your geography uh, uh, studies, are you, uh, is cartography a large part or a, at least a piece of your uh, studies where you get to uh, create maps and things like that? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we also do GIS, Geographical Information System, Remote Sensing. And we have uh, also these, which are like geo- geomorphology, geology, climatology, everything like that. Yeah, we have special programs like Map Info and others where we like create maps or, uh, you know, different styles and like that. And what very, I like about cool. my uh, my uh, department are the, the teachers who are there because I get a very huge support from them because they know what is my real goal in astronomy. And I do geography because there is not a choice and they really like it. So they support me a lot. And probably in the future, I will get to be a planetary scientist. Who knows? Well, you know, I think that um, your uh, strategy to, uh, you know, to get, uh, uh, you know, the the master's degree and then further on into your uh, doctorate degree in, like you say, you want to do it in planetary science is by getting that, uh, uh, that education and then bringing it back to your home, your home country is going to be going to be a really interesting journey for you. And I know that you're going to get a lot of support uh, from all of us uh, that are uh, rooting for you. Um, so I was looking at uh, some of the information that I found uh, online that you took a trip to Australia before you went to the United States uh, this year. Tell me about your travel, uh, your, your, your journey to Australia. What was that like? And what do you remember about that? That was really, really cool. 
Yeah, that was a very long journey. I mean, far away from Kosovo. But it was good because I was invited there by amateur astronomer Rob Black to participate at International Sunday Convention, which is like to observe the sun. People observe the sun from all around the world in that day. And uh, I flew there and I got to meet other people, other astronomers. And I met Terry Lovejoy, uh, who probably you heard about. He's a comet discoverer, and we know the famous comet uh, Lovejoy, which appeared in 2015 or 14, I can't remember. But yeah, it was very good to spend time with him, and he was uh, telling me how he does his discoveries and, uh, you know, everything like that. And I told you before that I have a very special interest in minor planets. And then... <laughs> So I also met the boss team. It's Craig and Peter. They together do supernova uh, search. And I went to their place where they do the discoveries to their observatory. And I uh, got to operate with their equipment, with their telescopes. And it was my first time to see bigger telescopes than I do have because the biggest telescope I have, the largest, is like an 8-inch Newtonian. So I could see there like a uh, 14 inch and like that. It was very nice. They also, uh, I also met uh, Jonathan Bradshaw and he has, he owns the Samford Observatory. He's a discoverer of a couple of asteroids and uh, double stars. And I spent time in his house a few days so we were trying also to view some asteroid occultations. He explained me a lot of things, which I still remember, and I kept notes. And he teached me softwares. He gave me cameras, which now I use them here. And hopefully, you know, I can do something like him someday. And then I went to Rob Black, uh, finally, uh, my, you know, the, my host. I stayed there for a month in Home Hill. And we did more like solar outreach with his setup. And it was very good because uh, in Australia, the sky was different in the southern skies. And I could see a lot of new constellations and yes, galaxies. Yes. And <laughs> it was cool. And I really felt lost, you know, when I was up there looking up like, where am I? <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> Yes, I I lived in uh, Singapore for uh, quite a while, and uh, seeing the Magellanic Clouds and the Southern Cross, you're just like, man, yeah. I am completely, I am very disoriented. Um, that's fantastic that you got to do that and spend so much time uh, uh, and uh, hang out with the kangaroos. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I always wonder if the kangaroos like uh, astronomy. So, you know, <laughs> the the thing that that just strikes me as I'm talking to you is you love uh, astronomy, but it but it sounds like that there was an inspiration by uh, learning about the the uh, space program, uh, whether it's uh, NASA or ESA or uh, the uh, uh, the Russian program. Uh, are there any uh, special inspirations that you can think of when you consider uh, 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 the uh, manned space program that sadly is not as active now as it was, like, at least from when I was a kid, you know, I witnessed the Apollo program, and I actually got to see... Uh, Apollo 11 launch uh, from Cape Kennedy when I was seven years old. So you talk about uh, something that uh, impacted me forever. It was that. But can you think of missions or people that inspire you uh, today uh, in the manned space program? Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Actually, when I was little, I didn't mention that, but um, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a person to walk on another planet. And and I was, I don't know if I was yet in school or not, but I was thinking that NASA is a man that does discoveries. Just later uh, on. <laughs> right. Yeah, just yeah. later on, I understood who NASA is. And then 
I like NASA a lot. I'm a big fan of space programs. Actually, uh, Neil Armstrong is my hero, and I like Apollo program a lot. It's my most uh, favorite space program. But I also uh, have a very you know good interest in in these space missions uh, about space shuttles, and I watch a lot of videos, and I like to meet with astronauts. I was very, very happy to have the opportunity to personally talk and ha shake their hands uh, of astronauts at Space Fest in Tucson, where I was a speaker this year in America. And it was so good. I met astronauts that walked on the moon. It was something that really made me feel so good because I dreamed of that for so long to meet these people who I just heard through TVs or books, but I never got to say hi to them or like that. And then uh, I met 26 astronauts at Space Fest. Uh, I met other astronauts at other events. But yeah, I like I like a lot of space programs and I keep like space models at my home. And during outreach programs, sometimes I, I mention these, I show to people, I tell them how it goes and like that. And I'm one of these people who supports a lot, you know, the programs, the future programs, which will make the uh, man to walk on Mars someday. And that's why I want to inspire a lot of people in Kosovo, because probably... Even somebody from us here can be somebody who walks on, Mar on Mars tomorrow, probably. You never know. That's why I was very happy also uh, to get the opportunity to visit the NASA centers, two of them in Florida, Kennedy Space Center, and in Houston. Uh, so at Kennedy Space Center, basically, I had a VIP tour at, uh, at the center, so I get to get to those places who sometimes people are not allowed to. Like, I get to get on top of the VIP uh, building. and Nice. Yeah, I, I get to see the pads from clothes, and it was so good to see the spacecrafts who flew to the space and came back again. I saw Atlantis. Then at Marshall Space Flight Center, I I had also a private tour there. They got me to the ISS control room and um, many other things, which really are a lot to mention, and also to the U.S. Uh, space and Rocket Center there in Huntsville. And um, I hope next year to be able to do space camp for four days for adults. Not sure about that. But yeah, I, I love really space programs. And this is another thing that inspires me. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, you and I could talk about our, our love for uh, uh, the moon and uh, the uh, Apollo uh, missions uh, especially. Um, so is there one astronaut that, that you met uh, when you were here uh, earlier this, this summer in 2017 that really sticks in your mind like one individual? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was so happy when I talked to Charlie Duke. And he was like, he couldn't pronounce my name. And he was catching my badge and reading it, trying to, to pronounce it. It was funny. But it was so good to, <laughs> to know. And when you think that he walked on the moon and you're talking to him at the moment, it was amazing. He was so kind, so great. He was making questions about Kosovo and he made a video holding the flag and saying hi to people in Kosovo. It made everybody proud here. And then I got to meet uh, Dick Gordon and he was also very good. And he actually was trying to check his schedule because he knew that I'm a speaker tomorrow morning there and he was trying to make it to my speech. And I was uh, very happy when he asked me if, you know, if I want an autograph from him for free. And it was like, wow, he was gifting me an autograph. So I was very sad to hear that he passed away a few days ago. And then I met other astronauts from other different, uh, you know, missions and uh, some other 
guy that I met over there at Space Fest that I really wanted and I was so glad was Rick Armstrong, the son of Neil Armstrong. And I talked to him and I told him how much proud I am and everybody is of his dad and of his family that now made a giant leap and it was like so good to meet with those people. I will never forget that moment. And then I got to meet like people which are non-astronauts, just scientists who did incredible discoveries like David Levy, Alan Hill, then, uh, you know, Bill Hartman and a lot and a lot of them. I was overwhelmed there at Space Fest. That's fantastic. You know, Space Fest is such a cool thing um, just because everybody's there uh, with the same enthusiasm, and the same purpose. I, I'm I'm really glad you got to uh, 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 participate in that and make a presentation. And I did watch your presentation. I I thought that you really communicated your uh, life journey uh, so that what you do now is possible. Um, I was very uh, very pleased to uh, find that uh, uh, video online, and uh, everybody should go take a look at that video, and you'll be able to see that in the show notes uh, below the the video link. Um, you know, Pramvera. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you um, when you uh, when you were in the United States and you toured. Um, some of the star parties. Um, do you remember, if I remember right, you went to Flagstaff, right? Did you go yes. to the Lowell yes, Observatory? Yes, I was there and also at the meteorite crater nearby. Yes. Uh, well, I grew up uh, very close to there. I used to go to the Lowell Observatory. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, it was crazy cool. I mean, because, I mean, that is, you know, that's a piece of history. You were talking about Neil Armstrong uh, and seeing the uh, Percival Lowell's, uh, the actual uh, uh, telescope that he looked through and, you know, discovered things and thought he saw canals and <laughs> it's just it's so interesting to uh to to realize that it was there uh, uh and and be able to see that it's it, it's almost like uh witnessing uh or looking at the santa maria uh when uh columbus uh of course we know he didn't really discover america but he, at least he took a, a ship but uh it's the same kind of feeling so one of the things, uh, before we wrap up here, it's almost at 47 minutes, but one, uh, one of the things I did want to, uh, ask you about, um, when you were, uh, in the United States, did you get it also, get, did you get a chance to, uh, go to the Harvard Smithsonian center? Did you get to, uh, visit there and make a presentation? Did yes, that happen? It happened. And I was very fortunate to get invited there by a professor, uh, Jonathan McDowell. As we know, Harvard is one of the best institutions of the world, and I was so uh, much honored to be invited there to speak at their uh, center. So I was there with my friend Tracy Karim Prell, who was one of my hosts while staying in Rhode Island. So we went there. And before starting my presentation, I had a private tour of the center from uh, from that professor. So he showed me a lot of departments. He showed me the uh, old uh, plates that they took like, um, I cannot say that in English, I'm sorry, but I hope you know what I'm That's talking okay. about. And then they also yes. showed me the observatory in the roof and all they have there. And I also got to meet with some other professors who does different, you know, programs like for exoplanets, for minor planet center and different ones. Then I went to do my presentations. Um, there was uh, students who do summer programs and some professors who came to, uh, uh, you know, who attended my lecture and also some friends who they knew me and they heard about my speech. So they just came over to hear, you know, to attend it. And it was so good to share the story with them and to tell how we do here and, you know, about our achievements and everything like that. So it was very nice to get support from them. They told me about all 
all the programs they have. They told me uh, the opportunities of me and other students from Kosovo to do studies there at Harvard, and it was good to get to know with them. That's fantastic. Um, one of the other things that I was hoping that you had an opportunity to do, did you get to tour the, the Ladd Observatory at Brown University? Yes, I was there. I was with Tracy, and we met astronomers there. They opened the observatory just because uh, for us, and they showed us uh, telescopes, some of them which were old, like transit scopes and clocks, really accurate clocks. And then we went up to the observatory. We saw that telescope, which was really old, but it works fine, you know. And the mount that telescope has, it's like a clock. You know, it works like that, so you have to set it instead of being like um, go-to mount uh, with electronically. Uh, it's like old thing, but it works pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we opened the roof, and I got to operate the telescope. And, to, you know, we didn't observe anything, but it was so great to see how it works and how you should look through that how you should, like, uh, you know, move it, and it was really cool. That's fantastic that you got to uh, actually operate uh, such a uh, piece of uh, 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 astronomical history, for sure. Um, well, you know, I could ask you about your whole uh, journey through the United States, but um, I guess what I'd like to ask, I got a couple final questions so when when are you graduating uh, with your geography degree? Is that going to be uh, next actually, year? In, uh, yeah, actually, I got a few more exams left, and that depends if I finish the exams quickly or not. And we have, like, special period of time where we can do our exams. Like, I have an exam now on December and another one or a few more, like, on January and then on April. But I am thinking to come back again to America on April and stay longer than I did last year, longer than four months, <laughs> which means that it will be delight pretty much for my graduation. But, you know, I got this opportunity uh, to come there and I don't really want to miss it. So <laughs> absolutely. I don't blame you. I think it's, I think you should totally go for it and you got to keep us posted so that uh, we can uh, hang out and, uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, and sure. do even more fun things. Yeah, while so, but you know, so uh, no, it just depends how much, uh, you know, how quick I will finish my exams and, or how long it will take for them. And then I, you know, I graduate and then I'm free from that and I can continue my other studies anywhere in the world. Right, exactly. And I'm sure there's going to be opportunities uh, 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 coming forth uh, uh, soon as you uh, um, uh, uh, get closer to your uh, uh, goals of graduating. So I hear that uh, there's an asteroid named after you. Can you tell me what happened there? And, and who in the world uh, was the person responsible for <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, it was quite a surprise, to be honest, because... Um, when I was at Texas Star Party, uh, I met with astronomer Rick Hill, Richard Hill, and he's one of the guys who discovers a lot of asteroids and comets, and he works at Catalina Sky Survey in uh, in uh, Arizona in Tucson. So. You know, this guy, so how much I was interested in astronomy and like that. And Robert Travis was the guy who invited me at Texas or party. So they together discussed about naming an asteroid after me, but they didn't tell me that. They just nominated me and they were waiting if it's going to happen or not. And then I guess after six months, it happened. You know, the Minor Planet Center at Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics approved for this asteroid, which was discovered in 2000 from Catalina Sky Survey to be named after me. And then when I woke up in one of the mornings, I was receiving a lot of messages on Messenger from people saying congratulations and like that. And I was totally lost. I didn't know what's going on. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then they, 
he showed me the link that the asteroid was named after me and i said hell yeah <laughs> you know it was <laughs> Oh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. And I felt so much, you know, much more closer to space than ever. And then I, I shared the new on Facebook with everybody. And this new became so big. So uh, everybody here in Kosovo was talking about it on TV, newspapers, blogs, and all that. Also at the neighborhood countries in Albania and Macedonia, they were talking in news about this because... I am sure that it was the first Albanian name, so uh, Celestial Object was named after. And then uh, a few days ago, actually, me and two other members from my team were invited to go to the neighborhood country. We traveled there just to be on a TV show, so they invited us to talk about activities and about the asteroid mainly. So it has made us all proud, not just me or my family, but everybody else who heard about this. And I really want to thank Rick and Robert a lot for doing this. That That's just so crazy. So... I mean, so the the floodgates just happened. That uh, you were on, you were being interviewed yeah. on the radio, on television. Uh, so it's like, uh, I I guess it was an opportunity to talk more about your astronomy outreach of Kosovo organization, and to bring into more of the mainstream how important science education is. Uh, and how much is needed and how many more resources are uh, required to have um, a, a world-class educational experiences for all of the uh, young students uh, in, in, in your country and beyond. So I guess my final question is, do you think that science is making uh, strides or is some of the, some of the uh, problems that we see in the world that is suppressing science and curiosity and critical thinking. Do you, do you, are you optimistic, I guess, is what I'm asking, or are you fearful for the future? What, um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, are oh. you hopeful for the future for science education, or, or are you uh, kind of fearful because of all the problems in, in the world? I mean, here in the United States, we have so many people that are in positions of power that are – climate deniers for example or they do they don't want to support uh stem subjects in in universities and high school are you optimistic well i really hope for the future a lot and i'm hopeful for that um so we always gotta try even though it's difficult we we have to try and we have to hope that it will be better because if you give up that means that you already lost but if you try that, maybe you can win. So we should work and we should believe that someday something can happen. And that will be, you know, possible if we keep working and if we don't give up and if we make others, you know, believe that. So that's why we need to educate. We need to inspire. We need to let people know that it's important to be hopeful for the future. It's important to study. It's important to educate, to work with others, to be friendly to each other, to be positive. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I'm trying to do, actually. Well, I'll tell you, Bramvera, uh, it is so lovely to hear you talk so passionately about your love for uh, astronomy and space exploration and science education and your uh, dreams for the future. And uh, I, I truly wish you uh, the best in accomplishing what you want to do, which is to be uh, a woman astronaut with uh, putting your footprints on the surface of Mars, I, I really hope that you accomplish that dream in one form or another. So I, w I really want to thank you for uh, uh, joining me today on The Silent Pianist. Yeah, uh, it's, it's my biggest pleasure, and I'm very honored to be part of this show. And I also want to thank you back for inviting me. It's, I, I feel very privileged to be here, and I hope you have a great day day or evening there if it's daylight. <laughs> Pramvera Haseni, thank you for joining me on the Silent Pianist podcast. Yeah, it's my biggest pleasure.
as they say, that's it. What an impressive young scientist. Pramvera Hassani is truly remarkable. She is an extraordinary advocate for education. Her enthusiasm is genuine, and it was an honor to have her as a guest on the Silent Pianist podcast. Pramvera is the founder and director of the Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo. Be sure to visit her at Facebook and via the Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy website, solarastronomy.org. Be sure to tell Director Ramsden you want to support Pramvera's project. My name is Mike Dawson, and I am the silent pianist. You can find me at my band's website, roarelectra.com, or at my Twitter, at Mike Dawson Music. And you can find the Silent Pianist podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Goodbye, old friends. I am the Silent Pianist. See you next time.